Well, God bless you. Uh, this is going to be the most dignified side of me you see, so let's check it out quick. <laughs> I'm fat. <laughs> I've not got water retention, or this would be a tsunami. <laughs> I don't have hot flashes. I've had a hot life. <laughs> so I sweat. I sweat more on one side than the other, but I'm like a Yankee candle. I've got on enough deodorant that the hotter I get, the more <laughs> better I smell. <laughs> I am blood-bought, saved, filled with the Holy Ghost. That's the most important thing. Uh, I am an evangelist by God's calling, and I qualify because it says he calls the foolish to preach. <laughs> uh, so I know that. Uh, I believe in Pentecostals that uh, we should be the happiest, most energetic, most persuaded people. That's a hint. <laughs> Nothing worse than a fussing woman, but uh, I am a preacher, and uh, I'm not going to apologize for that. Uh, the Bible says for me to do my calling, whether it's in season or out of season or received or not. So I come here today to stand at that calling and to come alongside your pastors and your leadership. I shouldn't come in here preaching something different that the Holy Spirit has already had your pastor preaching because we serve the same God. I should just come at it from another angle. Uh, so that's what I want to do today. So I don't want to come fussing at you, but I want to challenge you. I know this is Ladies' Day. I wanted to preach on Hannah, but the Lord said no. I wanted to preach about different women in the Bible because that seemed appropriate. Amen? But the Lord said no. I want you to preach this message to this house on this day. And I love you and I want you to love me, but he's the one that sent me with the word. And as an evangelist, listen, I'm just a waitress. I serve what's on the tray. And when you go to a restaurant, your server can either make or break your meal. The food may be good, come on, but you won't go back. You say the food is good, but the service is horrible. So I want to be a good servant today. I want you to serve it, but I've got to serve what he has me feed his people. And uh, I've not talked to anybody before I came in here. I, I shouldn't because I want to make sure that it's the Lord. I, I came in late, not so that I could make my grand entrance, but I just don't want to get my mind off because I can get the fellowship, get my mind going. So I don't want you to think I came in here with a diva mentality. But when I walked in here, I don't call myself a profiting thing. I had such a burden, I'm going to start off right now. And I just heard the Holy Spirit speak to me and said, they've lost a generation. It's not just a Stoneville church. It's in Maiden. It's in Ridgeway. It's in Martinsville. It's in Danville. It's in South Boston. We've lost a generation of Davids. Come on now. We've done that and we've tolerated the Goliaths of the world that mocked the church, that insults the church. We've tolerated it. Come on. And... If churches are not easy, they get into a political system that we've elevated our souls. We've kind of got things backwards. And as I pass this area, I'm not judging, but you, if we taught, I guarantee every one of your families in here and some of you, we've got too many Mephibosheths that have been hurt by the church, disappointed by the church. Come on. Come on now. I'm, well, get out of here a lot quicker, y'all. Amen me. <laughs> If y'all don't talk back, I'll think you don't get it, so I'm going to go through another chapter. <laughs> but we've lost them. 
And it's not enough just to know that there's Mephibosheth. And if you're not familiar with that scripture, that was the son of Saul who got dropped by a nurse in a time of conflict. A lot of times when we're on our journey going through life and there's a conflict, we get our focus on how it affects us instead of the kingdom of God. And our little ones have been dropped when we leave our post, when we hang our hearts on the willow tree, when we continue to talk about what could have been, what should have been, instead of God is still God. We used to sing songs like, the longer I serve him, the sweeter he grows. We don't sing anymore. We're singing songs, but our countenance looks like anything but happy. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Come on, not even on my scripture yet. Joy is not an emotion. As the older you get, you can't go by how you feel or you wouldn't get up. I talk to myself. Sometimes I talk to myself till we get in an argument. We don't talk for a day. <laughs> I know you talk to yourself. Come on, you do. And you got to tell yourself, you got to make up your mind in the morning because God said before you, every day he sets before us life and death. He said, you got to choose. You got to choose, come on, not to, to dwell on what's bad. But when I think of his goodness and what he's done for me, when I think of his goodness and how he set me free, then it makes me want to praise him. God gave us a will. He said, I will say, this is the day that the Lord hath made. Not that I feel, but I will rejoice. You know what rejoice means? You rejoice one time, you go rejoice. You got to repent. Your pension 20 years ago is over. Repent. Come on now, y'all. Y'all look at me like, where did she come from? Don't worry. You're a Pentecostal church. Now, I came out of the Baptist church. I thank God for the Baptist. I'm not anti-Baptist. They taught me a love for the word. I'm still giving y'all time to check me out. Anyway, a love of the word. And then... God blessed me and opened my eyes. The Baptists are not against us. Come on, they know the word. And then God enriched me. And I had a, a miracle where I was born with a tongue that hung up to here, double in length, width, and um, uh, thickness. I taught like this when I was a child. God healed me miraculously a week before I turned 18. So I know he's my healer. A week later, I was filled with the Holy Ghost. Come on. So I thank God for that. It doesn't make me better, but to whom much is given, much is required. But do you know why Pentecostal churches have windows that are always fogged up? Come on, the Baptists don't. They're like, we're doing what Baptists do. We sit here. They think y'all are running the aisles. They think y'all are shouting. You could be sued for false advertisement. Oh, now I see who... There was a movie out years ago and Bruce Willis was in it. This kid, I forgot his name, but uh, he made all this money, thousands and thousands of dollars. And his famous line was, I see dead people. I thought, he's an evangelist. I do that every week. I've never made that money. So you easily offended we got that out of the way. <laughs> but turn to your scripture, come on. To Ezekiel 37. Y'all smile, come on. Thank God somebody else is fanning in here. <laughs> Ezekiel 37, verse 1. Thank you for turning the lights up. Verse 1, I choose to read out of the Amplified. I told you that's the most uh, 
<laughs> dignified, you're going to see me. And I know you have my general overseer, Brother Hill, here, so come on. <laughs> if you don't like me, you can tell him. He'll probably say, I know. <laughs> okay. Ezekiel 1, familiar scripture. It says, the hand of the Lord was upon me. Not the devil, not my circumstances, but the hand of the Lord was upon me. And he brought me out in the spirit of the Lord and he set me down in the midst of the valley. Valley is a low place. Come on, it's a low place. The hand of the Lord brought me out and set me down in the valley and it was full of money. Come on. No, it was full of bones. And then he calls me, which means he made me, to pass around among them. And behold, there were very many human bones in the open valley of our plain. And they weren't just dry. They were very dry. And then the Lord said to me, Son of man, Stoneville Pentecostal Holiness Church, put your name in it. He said, do you believe these bones can live? And I answered, oh Lord God, you know. Let's pray. God, I am so thankful, so thankful that I don't stand having to depend on enticing words, on talent, on creativity, on a certain kind of voice or style. Because God, what we're doing would be in vain. But Lord, I yield myself like we sang earlier. I give myself away to be an open vessel, to be a clean vessel. Lord, to be a vessel that you formed and made to put your treasure in, to pour out today your word. For it's your word that will not return void, but accomplish that which you sent it to do. Your word, Father God, has not lost its power. Your word cannot even be contained in these walls. But Lord, it goes all out into Stoneville, to Eden, to North Carolina, South Carolina. Father, I join in hundreds of other evangelists and ministers on this day preaching on the East Coast, the West Coast. The Father, your spirit on this day tells the church to rise up and be triumphant. The Lord, when we lift our praise, we're not just edifying ourselves and each other and worshiping you, but we're edifying the Baptist church down the road, the Methodist church down the road, the assemblies of God, Father, that we get the harvest. Lord, I ask that you anoint me today like never before to preach your word, that it be a red letter day, that it be a prophetic day, that it encourage pastor, his wife, his daughter, the staff. And Father, that you set the thermostat or what you want your spirit to do, that your wind will blow in here like never before. And we praise you for this. We believe it. We are persuaded in Jesus' name. Ezekiel was a prophet that when you read about, that he didn't get a luxurious ministry. It said in the beginning, he said, Ezekiel, I'm not going to send you to a people of foreign speech. He said, because they would receive you. 
You can go on the missionary field or, or somewhere. If I go out to California, they like my accent. And I don't think I have an accent. They do. <laughs> Somebody from England or Australia comes over and we love to hear them talk. And we love to how they say words. And so he said, I'm not sending you to people that would be enamored by your accent. You can go to foreign countries where they have nothing. I have been honored and privileged to, to preach in churches of God on islands where they take their shoes off. Their carpet is worn down, but they don't want to mess it up. Women's conferences, they don't have a hotel that their pews are not padded and the women sleep on the pews with no air conditioning. Come on, it will humble you to see what people will do. So faithful to be in the presence of God. He said, Ezekiel, I'm not sending you to those people because they will sit for hours and hours and hours and hear the word. Never complain. They begin to play the instrument. They're on their feet praising God. I've been to South America, not promote myself with their, their sweats pouring and, and, and they worship God. When they say healing, they receive it, pastor. He said, I'm not sending you to them. He said, I'm sending you to the whole house of Israel. Now listen to me, I don't want to be flippant, but if you'll be honest, I'm saying what a lot of you say at home. He said, I'm sending you to the hardest people to preach. I'm sending you to church people. He said, because the minute you read the scripture, they say, oh, I know that story, and they already go to the end. That They'll say it, but there's a mentality. I've seen it all, I've heard it all. That they look at the vessel more than what's in the vessel. Come on now. People who have tasted and know what God can do. In fact, I want to challenge you. Who saw this house in her former glory? Did I not tell you the latter shall be greater? That these two women that we honor today and we should, they have invested sweat, tears, and money. And we act like an entitled generation instead of learning what they taught us. We have our Elijahs. We have our Naomi's. But Ruth is still out there. And Elisha, come on, wants a double portion of what you have. Come on now. I know it's supposed to be a lady speaker. He said, the hand of the Lord was upon me. Ezekiel, he said, Ezekiel, people are going to come to you and they're going to inquire a word. We become enamored with the gifts of the spirit more than the spirit that gives it. It becomes like a parlor game. If you put outside revival, everybody guaranteed prophetic word, this place would fill up. But we don't rejoice over the written word. The prophetic, come on, is a promise of what is written. You stand on the written, come on. But the prophetic is only conditional if you do what is required. We want somebody else like Moses, pastor. We pay you. You go hear from God. Come on, you go inquire for God. I just want to show up. Somebody make me feel good. Somebody put some oil on my head. Don't bother me. I don't want to be delivered. Just make my demons be quiet for a while. He said, Ezekiel, they're going to acquire a word of you and you better tell them what I tell you. Because if you tell them what they want to hear to tickle their ears or for a better offering 
whatever they're guilty of, I'll make you guilty of. But y'all, I, I, I have enough to ask God to forgive me from, from my mouth and face. I don't need your troubles too, okay? <laughs> because morning by morning, new mercies, I find. I followed a slow truck to church. <laughs> and I wanted to help him. <laughs> Push. Wake up. <laughs> Are y'all with me? Ezekiel even got frustrated. I know none of y'all have ever got frustrated. So the Lord told him for seven days not to say anything. You tell somebody not to do something, they'll do it. You want this church to come? Don't say welcome, put not welcome on that sign out there. I'll go to that church. Who's going to tell me I can't go to that church? Come on, they tell you you can't have water after midnight for a test or surgery at 12.02. I'm dehydrated. And you don't even like water. <laughs> it's just human. After the end of seven days, he said, the Lord had me set at the river of Shabar. And he said, when I saw what was going on in my city, he said, I said, Lord, send me. See, I think we've become so familiar that we come with an expectation. We're going to sing four songs. Take the offering. Pastor's going to preach. Then we're biggest decision is what am I going to wear and where we're going to eat. If we really expected healing in this place, you'd be bringing sick people. If you, come on, in the biblical days of the early church, they were bringing them, they tore the roof off the church just to get a man down. If they tore the roof off the church today, we're suing you. <laughs> come on now. So I don't see where Ezekiel was doing anything wrong. And I think Ezekiel was sincere. Lord, send me. You said it this morning, but did you say it from your lips or your heart? I give myself away. The Psalm said, whatever it costs. But do we say it with our lips? Not meaning it. One reason we've done this is because faith is the substance of things hoped for. Faith is, do you believe God could do anything? Yes. But hope is, do you believe he'll do it for you? See, if the devil can get you to lose your hope, which is your expectation, then you don't need faith. And faith comes by hearing of the word. So if you have no hope or expectation and you're not needing faith, then you don't feel a need for the word. So now you don't need to go to church. When you really are believing for something, you'll listen to a lady preach and slacks. And if some of you think I've got all men's apparel, if your husband's got this outfit, you got a bigger problem than I do. <laughs> Just saying. I guarantee you, you said the ER, you wouldn't say I want a nurse with no slacks on. <laughs> you wouldn't care if she had earrings that looked like a BB gun shot in her head. <laughs> Amen me, Pastor, please. <laughs> he said, the hand of the Lord was upon me. And he brought me out in the spirit and he set me down in the valley. 
See, as Pentecostals, we love those mountaintop experiences. We love it. We love to shout. Come on, we love it. One of those services that, that the Spirit just moves. And you say you like it, but half of you get to the back because you're scared of it. <laughs> but we like it. See, see, I, I was fortunate enough that I got to Pentecostal church pastor when they were still Pentecostal. You ain't lived till you were raised in a church where the spirit didn't move. Can I come down there? Okay, I didn't know that step here. Uh-oh, coming down we are. <laughs> now we got happy deputy. But when I first went to Pentecostal church, scared me half to death. Come on, whatever they say, they tried to act out. I feel like traveling on, women started walking around the building. I thought, where are they going? I was praying they didn't sing I'll Fly Away because they would have tried. We didn't have a bulletin because nobody would have gone by it. <laughs> Come on, people were crying and shouting. And the thing about it, it scared me, but I knew it was real. My prayer that day was, God, just get me out of here. God, just get me out of here. God, just get me out of here. But guess where I wanted to go that night? I was afraid to go because something was going to happen, but I was afraid not to go because something was going to happen. I missed those services. It's not because God has changed, but we don't have an expectation. We don't come with hope. We just come and drag it in. We're no better than the woman in 2 Kings that went to the prophet and said, my husband is dead and the creditors come to take my two children. And he said, what do you want me to do for you? What do you have in the house? And she said, I have nothing but a little oil. Y'all, we have made the Holy Ghost like just a, a little something. It's the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead that dwells in you. It's not a it, it's a him. We've lost that. We're double-minded. We're unstable. Come on, we have tolerated the world. We've become like the world. We worship our pews. We worship our symbol, but we've lost it. Like, like God said in the revelations, I know your good work. I know how you hate sin, but I have suffered against you. You have lost your first love. Come on, who saw this house? Some of you are privileged and maybe they were too hard. But they did it because they loved God. You had grandmothers, come on, that would start speaking in tongues in the kitchen, come on. They would go and pray for somebody. You saw people delivered when they put cigarettes and, and whiskey and all things, come on. You saw revival. And there's a generation that doesn't even know that it exists. That their superhero or some cartoon character and telling them greater is he that's in you than he that is in the world. He said, the hand of the Lord picked me up and put me down in the valley. And sometimes when we say, God, use us, come on, God, I'll go to the islands, Hawaii. <laughs> God, I have a burden for the rich and famous. Come on. We used to sing the songs, God picked out a valley for me. See, sometimes the grass is greener because it's over a septic tank. <laughs> You prayed for that job. You prayed for that house, come on. And God gave it to you. And sometimes overnight, one phone call, 
One temptation. Come on. You wake up and you find yourself in a valley. And everywhere he looked, what used to have life, what used to have joy, I mean, they're going to go out there, the spirit that was in that little white church y'all talked about. Come on. We call them the glory days. Pastors that God called in here that plowed and sowed seeds and tears and fasted. And when their season was over, they tagged the one that came in, come on, to water. And then they tagged the one to come on and said, now you come along. Mm. You who used to sing and teach Sunday school. You, you used to be using the gifts of prophecy, tongues, and interpretations. You, come on, that were called to prayer. I'm, come on, I'm challenging you today. You don't get a great house like this without many vessels. Ezekiel's human. He probably thought, God, did we, did we miss you? Because that package sure did look good on paper. Come on. The house is real pretty when it's decorated, but when they move everything out, now you see the cracks. I, I don't even go here, but it burns me. Where's the people that used to sit here? Where's the people in your family that used to sit here? Where's the people that won their reward and went on to heaven and they tagged to give you their mantle? But you were too tired, too busy, too offended. In your schools, in your marriages, I don't know what you're in. Some of you are dealing with stuff in your kids that your generation, your mom and them, you didn't have in your siblings divorce. And now you've got, come on, I'm, I'm just gonna call it like it is. You got children that have kids out of wedlock. You're raising your grandchildren. You, you, you've got alcoholism, addictions, homosexuality, things you would have never thought came to Stonefall. And the word says while the church has been sleeping, The enemy came in. And that's why he's calling ministers and evangelists not to come in here and fluff your pillow, but to sound the alarm and say, wake up! Wake up! He said he made me walk among them. You had to work with them. You used to not hear profanity. Now you hear the grocery clerk. She may be 19 cussing. You, you see things on TV you never, come on, work with me. You see things, you, commercials that don't even have to have it. It's in your face. Come on, see it. People don't respect the church. People in the church on their phones. Come on, doing all kinds of things. And we're praying, God, get me out of here. God, get us out of here. God said, no, church. You can't live in your little bubble anymore. I told you I should be greater than you, than he that is in the world. I said, go into the world, but not be of the world. And we're
praying, oh, I wish the Lord would come. I wish the Lord to come. Some mother's praying, God, give them one more chance. Give them one more chance. You ought to be praying for you. God, give me one more chance. I'm just obeying God. He gave us parables. He said there were 10 virgins. Five was ready, five not. Two working in the field, one staking, one's not. Two sleeping, one goes, one not. If you look at that, five out of 10, one out of two, that tells me 50% of the people in here today are not ready to meet the Lord. Oh, you got the lamp, but you lost the oil. Preferring and choosing to have a form of godliness, but denying the power. Because it goes against your flesh. Come on. And the Bible says it'd be better you had never tasted it than to know what's available and sit on it. And all you talk about what could have been, should have been, when that valley, if so and so hadn't done this, if that one hadn't seen that song, well, you know what? We're going to deal with it. It happened. And God ain't going back. And we can look at that spoiled milk and we can blame the milk carton. We can blame the milk, but we need to clean it out. Come on now. When the prophet said, send fire down, you notice someone tried to sing it down. They tried to talk it down. It's not another program. It's not another flesh. The prophet never even prayed for the fire. He repaired the altars. He said, you call it a stage, I call it an altar. And an altar is not just for sinners. It's to prevent you from sinning. It said he began to put stones, get the leadership, make sure your leadership's full of the Holy Ghost. We used to Pentecostal churches, you couldn't do anything unless you were filled with the Holy Ghost. Now we just say, well, you ever thought about it? That's good enough for me. We don't need to eat sanctification anymore because we think that's don't cut your hair. Come on. No, sanctification means I have set my, I have given myself away. It's not a dress code. That's why we got Mephibosheths out there now. You know what this generation wants? They want a generation that's real. Oh, I'm going to, I'll fuss. I'm a woman, I can fuss. You know why some of your kids don't come to church? It wasn't your youth pastor. It was the car they rode in to and from church. You slicing and dicing the pastor. They saw you live one day in here and another way at home. Selah. <laughs> that means pause and think about it. You know I'm telling the truth. Get mad. At least I know you're awake. He made me walk among them. God wants you in that workplace. You're supposed to be the light. Yeah, but everywhere I look, Sister Jan, my family, the TV, it's gloom and doom, despair and agony on me. Deep, dark depression, <laughs> excessive misery. That's he haw. <laughs> That's not chapter and verse. <laughs> He said, I want you to walk among them because if you don't get out there and walk among them, you ain't gonna have the burden for them. I preached in Mayden last week. My heart was burdened. How many foster children? Foster children everywhere. 
the church taking them in. And I'll tell you something. When you're young ministering, your accolades from your peers mean a lot. But when you get older, it's not the accolades of your peers because they can change on you like the weather. But when you see little kids, five years old, tears, and trembling under the Holy Ghost so they don't have a mom and a daddy, you don't remember the color of the carpet. You don't think of how long it is because those kids need something real. Everywhere he looked, they weren't just dry. Dry is workable because we can just preach a good message. Come on, it's workable. But these were very dry. That means this, they weren't just going through a season. They've been like this for years. They sat down. They settled in the wilderness. You forgot that God brought you out of bondage. You've forgotten the Pharaoh. You've forgotten, come on, that we were all born lost in sin. You weren't always saved. You didn't always look polished. Because to be a vessel, you came out of the pit. And it took a potter to form you. And maybe you've never been in drugs. And maybe you've never been in alcohol. You need to praise him more. Come on. And again, if you were raised in a good, godly home, you should be saying, Tag, Mom and Daddy, I want it. When's the last time somebody looked at you and said, I want a double portion of what you have? It should be an indictment on the church. But we're more like the woman with the issue. Our issue. And we keep saying that God would just touch me. I'm preaching. God said, it ain't about me touching you. You reach out and touch me. And if you want the rest of that message, she had her issue 12 years. And when she got her offense, there was a little girl born. Come on. And the enemy came into church was so messed up with my issues. That that little girl died. Read it. But when she got rid of her issue, then God brought revival to the next generation. That was a free one. (laughs) You know what I'm talking about. He walked among them. Like Lazarus, he didn't come in two days. He let him stink. Some of you are wallowing in self-pity. You have not even talked about how God, good God is. All y'all talked about is my leg on my head. I know the season changed. Oh, I know. You know why we quit testimony services? Because we were depressed after them. Y'all pray for me. My dog died. My husband left me. And my trailer three pages behind. Just pray that I make it through. Well, everybody just wants to sign up to be a Christian. Some of them people, they know you. They say, you know, he used to be so much fun until he went to church. Thank you. <laughs> you should have more joy now. You should be going through the same situations, but you know the answer. Come on. A thousand may fall at your side and 10,000 at your right, but it doesn't come nigh you. Come on. You have a hope. You have an expectation. You have the secret. You have been blood bought. Mm. He 
that and walk among them. He didn't want you to walk among them to become them. But he said, you got to get out of your house. You got to smell the smell. You got to hear the cry of the broken. It'll make you realize you got something to thank God about. He said, then the Lord brought me out and he asked me a question. And this is what God told me to ask you today. Do you believe that whatever's broken in your body, your spirit, your finances, your past, your marriage, your children, your church. He said, I don't want to hear about anybody else. Do you believe that no matter how dead it looks, do you believe I'm still God and that I can make them live again? And the prophet, he could have got real Pentecostal and said, God asked me, God asked me a question. Can the bones live? I said, can. Come on, I'm not making fun. The bones live. What live? The bones. Oh, we could have a song. Them bones, them bones, them dry bones. (laughs) But thank God this mighty prophet wasn't too prideful to humble himself. He said, Lord, only you know. He wasn't giving up, but he was acknowledging what we quote and what we put on madness. It's not by your might. It's not by your power. But what's going to change this church, your marriage, your life, your kids, it's not by your might. It's not how knowledgeable you are. It's not the Greek. It's not the Hebrew. It's not this. You're the biggest tiver. It's not your race. It's not your gender. But it's going to be by the Spirit of God. And when the church will humble herself and say, we don't need another program. Come on, we've got what we need now. We forgot about that little oil that we have. It's the Spirit of God we sit here. And sometimes, like Pastor said, I don't feel like it, but I will lift my hands because, God, you've already done too much for me. And sometimes if this leg, arm hurts, I will raise this arm. Come on. And sometimes I have to enter his gates. Come on, tuck it and roll it. But I will finish my course. And I'm going to finish it with joy. but he didn't go get him. How bad do you want revival? It's not because he's booked a great man of God. Oh, we just need, we just need a touch. No, you need a change. The church is not hospice. And the altar is not a fibrillator. He said, okay, when you get sick and tired of really being sick and tired, I'll give you the answer. He said, first of all, come out from among them. 
That doesn't mean quit your job. That doesn't mean leave your spouse. It means you're different. Quit talking like them. You've lost your respect. You're one way there, one way at church. Come out from among them. Act like you're alive. Quit going home and laying down by the, the tomb. Come on. Act alive. Some of you, if you smiled, you'd be sore tomorrow. Oh, I've got joy unspeakable. Everybody just wants what you have tomorrow. Can I have what you... Stay, don't strike the rock. Don't strike the rock. He said, come out from among them. He said, here's your answer. He said, I want you to speak to them. Speak to them. I was trying to figure out we could get a bulldozer, just bury them and start over again. He said, no. Speak to them. Oh, Sister Jan, I'm, I'm not a preacher. I'm not an evangelist. No, but the Spirit is in you. And your words, come on. Oh, you want them name it and claim it? Well, some of you are because you saw the pollen count went up and you claimed you were going to be sick next Sunday. Oh, it's slow season. I'll get it. Be the worst case they've ever seen. <laughs> I feel it coming on right now. <laughs> I ain't blind. I'm blind, but I ain't blind. Y'all ain't prepared to be sick. He said, I want you to go and speak to them, but you can't speak to them when you're living in the middle of them. And he said, I want, this is what I want you to say. See, this name and claim it. If I believed to name and claim it, I would be a size six. <laughs> and I wouldn't be sweating, okay? <laughs> but I do believe out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. That doesn't say you can never say anything negative, but the abundance, what's more in you is going to come out. He said, hear ye the word of the Lord, ye dry, dry bones. Y'all. I am not going to talk to a bunch of bones. They ain't got no ears. Well, the Bible says his church has ears and hear not. And eyes and see not. He said, it doesn't matter how dead your situation looks. Oh, come on, somebody get this. We thank God for doctors. They're giving you their report. The facts, it's not the end of God. But with God, you move the exclamation mark. You put a comma and say, the doctor says he can't do anything. But what's impossible with man is possible with God. Come on. You begin to claim the promises of God. And you hang on to them like a dog with a pork chop. Don't you know he felt foolish? Your flesh is going to say, don't do it. You know how I know? Because pastors say, raise your hand. You... Just like we're blind. Could the church raise their hands? There's a side of me that God's still working on. Because I want to go over that pew and say, unless you're paralyzed, get them hands up. <laughs> I'm an evangelist, okay? We will, we're going to have a healing line for arms today. <laughs> Come on now. Hear ye the word of the Lord. You're not, it's not contingent. Oh, I feel God in this. If they react or if they, amen. 
You're only held responsible that you do what God told you to do. Hear ye the word of the Lord, ye dry bones. He said, and as I obeyed the Lord and spoke as I was commanded, not suggested, suddenly, you know how quick suddenly is? In a blinking of an eye. Suddenly, that valley of dry bones and depression, it said it began to shake. And there was a rattling, come on. And all of a sudden, they thought it was an earthquake. And all of a sudden, come on, bone, begin to go to bone. And this bone went to this bone. Because Ezekiel didn't know if there was a child's bone, an orange bone, a man's bone, a black person's bone. It didn't matter. God just told him that we need to get united. Come on. What if they built this church with a good foundation and you put all the boards up but you didn't nail them? We just propped it. We got to be knitted, joined. Come on, together. That's why if I'm not not joined with you, she can say pray for me and I'll pray for her. But if we're connected, when the devil starts tossing her, I can be in Richmond, Virginia. And I feel, come on, a burden for my sister. I feel she's going through something. Is this making any sense? Come on, we're almost over. You just got me one day, one day. You can do it one day. When you begin to obey God, prodigal children you've not heard from will pick up the phone and say daddy I don't want to talk about anything I just want to call you people that used to be in this church and fell into temptation or got hurt that have mighty 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 callings on their life they'll show up sitting on the back row and tears come down because God's bringing back the bones together and God will be able to put structure remember before the fire fell he had to get the stones in place see you can't build a fire in your house unless you have a fireplace no matter how much we love a fire if you don't have a place for it it'll consume the house God said make me a dwelling place Prepare the way for revival. Begin to search me. Oh God, anything I don't need, let me get rid of it because that gives me more room for you. I will go deep, God. Begin to prepare now. He said he put bone to bone. See, what I'm afraid we've done is, is we've, we've got distracted in the church. It's kind of like if I need a kidney, you can't hook a liver up to me and think you can fool the body. Just any kidney won't fit. It's got to have the same blood type. And we've got people in our church with talents, but not anointing. Oh, come on now. Got quiet in here. We've got to get in our place and work. When you get rejected and you hang your harp in the willow tree and your spiritual gift, you're killing the whole body. If my feet hurt, I'm not going to go home and cut them off. 
and then get up in the morning and say, the demon took my feet. If you cut off everybody in your life that hurts you, there ain't gonna be nothing left of you. He said when he joined them together, then he put muscle and nerves that we can have our feeling. And then he covered us with skin. And he says, all of a sudden, what for nine, 10 months looked like a dry bones? He said, all of a sudden, I saw a great body. And this again, we gotta be careful because all of a sudden we got a great attendance and pews and people coming back and we're like, I could live with this. Jesus sent down the cross for you to say what you could live with. He said, I come to heal you and make you whole. Come on now, I brought you out of something, took you through something that you might enter in. They have flesh upon them. I can recognize that's a woman, that's a man, that's an older man, that's a younger girl, but they're still dead. See, I'm not speaking a curse on you, but if you died today and you died next week, who's the deadest? Doesn't matter when you stop, you're dead. And our churches look like a puzzle box with a great vision on the inside, but when they come in, they see a bunch of pieces out of place. He said, Ezekiel, we're not done. He said, now then, you don't keep preaching yesterday's message. You put the plow, the blade to till the land. But when it's harvest time, you don't use the blade. Come on. He said, now. And I really believe this is why you're at this season of this church. He said, just preach what I command you. The only shadow you're living in is the shadow of the most high. He said, Ezekiel, I brought you here because I trust you. See, God don't just put anybody in the valley because they would just drop and die. God said, everything you guys have been going through was to get a revelation that look what the Lord can do. He said, I've been preparing you. You've been going through some storms. You've been going through some sicknesses. You've been going through some stuff. Not because I'm mad at you, but I'm toughening you up. I want you to be tender-hearted, but thick-skinned. Not hard-hearted. Oh, I feel the Lord. He said, I sent you that when you drive to this church, it burns you to people that's not here. He said, now I want you to prophesy to this body, this beautiful edifice, this beautiful place, and I want you to begin to command the, the winds of the spirit from the north, south, east, and west. You live right on the border. Come on, y'all, right on the border. They'll come from Virginia. They'll come from South Carolina. They're gonna, people will move here and say, God just told us to move here. And you'll think, that's crazy. No, that's God. God is going to bring what this church needs. You who believed in the beginning, he 
She talked about the recipes. We should have been listening closer. We were too busy eating the biscuits. We should have got in the kitchen and saw that she had to work all things together. Come out. We should have been in the kitchen and seen what Mama's tag was and a little bit of this. Come on. And learn it had to go through the fire in order for it to be used. Is there a Pentecostal in here? He said, when I obey the Lord. A mighty Russian wind breathed upon these slain. That's my key word right there. Slain means they used to be alive. They used to have a vision. Hey, I'm here one time. What have I got to lose? Some of y'all, I don't know who it is, so don't worry. But you'll say, yeah, God called me to preach when I was 16. And you've never stepped out to do it. And you brag about it. He called you, you're still called. That's why you're so frustrated. That's why you can't tolerate a hireling because that calling in you knows what's real. Come on. And, and you're like, that's not real. Well, if you know that's what's real, you be real. Amen. <laughs> he said, it wasn't until the Spirit of God breathed on them that they got up off their feet. Y'all see those things they have? I love them. I think every Pentecostal church should have one. Those big old tall tube things like in a car lot. You see them? I love them. I call them hallelujah balloons, you know. Woo! You turn those things off, they have the power. They have the ability to receive. But if they ain't plugged in, somebody wasted their money. Some of y'all look like those deflated Christmas things. Just a bunch, oh, get mad, get mad, John. Y'all just lay in here. Yeah. You have the ability, but you're still mad at who unplugged you. Well, they're probably dead. And if you still got the ability to plug yourself in, then quit whining. Amen. Keep it score. <laughs> he said they got on their feet and they were a mighty great army. Now listen, then the secret. He said, oh yeah, by the way, Ezekiel, this was not the meth addicts. This was not another denomination. This wasn't the world that you've been talking to. These bones, they were the whole house of Israel. He said, if the world gets changed, I gotta change the church first. Uh-huh. <laughs> I gotta get my church back connected. See, the word of God said a merry heart does good like a medicine, but bitterness drops at the bones. You know what bitterness is? Spiritual arthritis. Because some of y'all used to like each other. And now then when somebody comes in, you say, she just rubs me the wrong way. <laughs> and some of y'all are so bitter if we move these pews two inches over. That 
that would mean more to you than God moving. If we turn these pews facing that way, I can't receive facing that way. Well, you ain't done much this way today. <laughs> you know, some churches have drop cloths for people saying, I think we need some body bags. <laughs> Just saying. When you don't have the Holy Ghost, men, it's like y'all going to buy for some good shotgun shells and you don't have the gun and you just throw them at the deer. Bang. <laughs> bang, bang. <laughs> Give me another one. Bang. That deer's going to look at you like, really? <laughs> and then you go right to people. That did not shoot the deer. That's what it's like. Church didn't do anything for me because you're trying to do it in the flesh. You need the Holy Ghost. He's the God. Come on. He's the catalyst. Quit going around going bang, bang. The weapons of your warfare are not carnal, but mighty through the Holy Ghost. He said, Ezekiel, these bones? He said, that's the church. Now I'm here at Stoneville, so I'm going to say, these bones are y'all. <laughs> And he said they got their way because they had a mountaintop experience. And I wanted to take them to another mountain. But to get there, they had to go through something. You had to go through something. Go through it. Coming to a valley is easy. You can race each other. You can slide. But to get back at that high place... It's going to take some effort. And you're going to have to lay aside every sin and weight that so easily besets you. And the valley's not bad because it was in the valley he restored my soul. If I'd never gone through the valley, I wouldn't know he was the lily of the valley. And they begin to say, our hope is gone. Read it. Our hope is gone. Our best days are behind us. They just don't make churches like they used to. You are the church. It's like she said, you can get any fast recipe off the computer. And you know what this world's trying to do? And then y'all, it's like cupcake wars. They, they put like 18 flavors in one cupcake. I'm like, you, that's stupid. Just make a vanilla cupcake and ice it. You know, if you cook a good steak, you don't need steak sauce. We've got so much icing, we don't even know we have a cake. So we just want more, 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 more. So can't touch the cake. Because you ain't got no cake. I want you to listen to what comes out of your mouth, how much you complain. Oh, pastor's got a vision. Well, I hope so. I don't see anything happening. Well, faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things you don't see. If you can see it, you don't need faith. And pastor's probably looking at you saying, I don't see any change out of them. <laughs> Come on now. It'd be nice. 
Lord knows we need revival. I just don't know why they don't want to come to church. Get a mirror. (laughs) And listen to yourself for 20 minutes. And ask yourself, do you want what you have? advocate of drinking. I don't believe Christians should drink, but at least they go home with a hangover. My mom, I'll close with this. My mom is 91, my daddy's 95. And each day is a treasure. My dad has Alzheimer's. He's not even like my dad anymore, but he's still my daddy. And my mother and daddy still live at home. Still take care of each other. But my mama said, every day I get up and I'll say, thank you, Lord, for another day. She said, when I lay down at night, I plan my day, even if it's just get my cans, something. I have to do something because she said, when you give up, you'll lose it. She said, I don't feel like it. But she said, as long as I feel, I will. My mom always had a garden. And I would go down to Mother's Day because her beans would come in. And my mom can grow anything. And we would go pick those beans and we'd wash, snap them and we'd wash them. And mom would have the jars ready, prepared. And we'd put those beans in there and mason jars quart and we put the flats on them come on and put the rings and put them in the water and take them out and we put it on the counter and I say mama when the first time I helped her I said mama you ready for me to go put them into in the, a pantry she said they're not ready yet I said mama they've been picked they're in the jars what more do we have to do she said we've done all we can do she said pour you some tea and sit down a few minutes, you hear pop, pop, pop. Mama said, they don't seal. All our work's been in vain. After all God has brought you through, after all God's done for you, if you don't let the Holy Spirit seal you, the thief will steal, kill, and destroy. One more thing, and I promise I'm closing. I am a coward. I've got a yellow streak that big down my back. And my mama from the hills of Alabama, she always told us that a chiropractor was a witch doctor. And if mama said it, we believed it. But one day when I was in my 20s, I worked at a bank. And we had to move a desk. And when we moved the desk, I heard something pop, but I didn't feel anything till the next day and my shoulder hurt so badly I could hardly raise and I went there and I got every kind of salve we had I, I smelled like a nursing home come on I, I then said one dab I put three dabs come on I, I took Tylenol come on I, I mean I put it on there and this is when we had time cards and I tried to put my time card in I went to work and everybody saw my arm was hurting 
This girl I worked with, she said, you need to go see my chiropractor. I said, no, ma'am. My mama said that that was a witch doctor. I ain't going. Some of you said that about lady preachers too, didn't you? But when you get to hurting bad enough, it's kind of like when you get thirsty enough, you don't care if it's a purple cup, a plastic cup, or a hose. Just give me the water. About noon, I got to hurting so badly. I said, you reckon that doctor could see me at lunch? Whole time praying, no, no, no. Sure enough, he could see me. I go in there. They take me in the back. They lay me down on this table, and I am extremely ticklish. And when I get tickled, I snort. I don't cry pretty. I don't sweat pretty. I don't laugh pretty. Well, every time he went to touch my shoulder, I started laughing and snorting. And he said, I have to touch you to treat you. So finally, he went around and he got my neck. And I said, my neck's not hurting. He said, I know, that's why we're going there. So he got behind me. Anybody ever been to a chiropractor? He put my neck in his hand and he started doing it back and forth, talking to me. And I can't do two feet at one time. So he got to talking to me and I thought, oh, mama, you were wrong. Oh, mama, yes, this is God. And he just had my neck going and I'm just talking. And he didn't tell me what he was about to do. But he got me behind both my ears. And in the middle of a sentence, and I screamed, Pallas! I'm Pallas! They come running in. I mean, when you get me scared, I don't care who you are. I will hit you. I'm Pallas! And the doctor's running. He said, why do you think you're paralyzed? I said, you broke my neck. I heard it. You broke my neck. I'm paralyzed. I mean, I am just hysterical. He said, where are you hurting? I said, I'm paralyzed. I don't feel anything. So he got this pen. He started at my feet. You feel that, huh? He went, Michael, you feel that, huh? And he worked to say, you feel that, huh? Instead of being glad that I wasn't paralyzed, I said, well, if it wasn't my neck, what did you break? He said, I didn't break anything. I said, I heard it. Then he said something I've never forgotten. He said, Jan, you come in here today dealing with your current feelings. What brought you here today is what you're going through today. But what you heard pop wasn't any broken bones but you have some old, old injuries that you never dealt with. And you just learned to live with the pain till it became your normal. And what you heard me do is give the body an adjustment. The body doesn't need to be broken. I just got some bones out of place because I got some people not teaching anymore. I got some people not worshiping anymore. I got some people out of the choir. Come on, I got some people, come on, that are just sitting there. And he said, I just want to put you back in your place. You're still called, you're still anointed. It would be easier if I was preaching 
to some people that had never heard the word. Because some of you could run circles around me preaching. I'm not here to compete with you. I probably left something out. I probably said something I don't know. But I know that God gave me this word for this day to come alongside this pastor and to say what he's preaching, hear you the word of the Lord. Listen, your eyes have not seen or your ears heard at all. And God's not through with you, honey. If he's through with you, you're gonna wake up over there. But as long as you got a spiritual visa down here, occupy till he comes, he's got something for you to do. But look around you. Where is the generation? Where's the 30-year-olds? Where's the 20-year-old? Who are you going to tag when you go and say, here, take it and run? If you don't wake up and you don't grab back what God's given you, this great edifice could be sold one day to be a roller skating rink. It could be torn down. You're going to pass by and say, oh, I can't believe they did that. They didn't do it. They didn't do it. See, what God has called you to do, the devil can't stop. The devil can't stop. All he can do is steal. So what he tries to do is to get you so caught up in what you're going through that if you stop, the vision will never happen. I could have, I could, somebody could give me a, a check for $10,000. But if I don't get up and go get it, if I don't cash it, I'm still without. And I hear the Spirit of the Lord saying, come unto me all ye the weak, weary and heavy laden. I want to give you rest. I, I always don't like to do this because it's like, duh, yeah, you're going to give me a word. But God's got his hand on you. And I want to tell you something, the minute you walked in, you can ask her, I said, I like her. Because you're real. And don't you ever change from being real. And unfortunately, you've seen a lot and heard a lot. Okay? It's like Dorothy, you saw that the wizard was a little man. But don't you give up your vision for Kansas. Does that make sense? Just because you've seen some fake, you've got your ruby slippers this whole time. And I need you more than you need me. I need you to be a tough generation, a real generation. I don't have any children. I've never been married. And I don't want you to be me. But when my day comes, I want somebody to say, every trial I've been through, Every valley I've been through, my recipes, my testimonies, I just want somebody to give it. 
I believe in you. See, I don't trust anybody that says they never felt something. They've never been mad. I don't trust them. Because they're lying through their teeth. And you got a strong personality. And that anger and that frustration, it's not bad. It's just fighting to be free and be you. Can I tell you something? People have been nice to me, but you've been my greatest encouragement today. And a lot of people just say, oh, he's here today. How's it? You could have sat there. You could have eyed me. You could have been, but you have been nothing but joy to me today. I need you. I need you to be the church. We've all been hurt. And we're going to hurt again. But hear ye the word of the Lord. I want every head bad, every eye closed. I shouldn't have to beg you. I'm not going to put you on a guilt trip. But did you know when a baby's born, they have 360 bones? Well, when that baby grows up, it's only going to have 280. You see, it needs more bones older it gets. So what happens is it takes more for immaturity. But as that body matures, some bones fuse together. And say, if one could put a thousand... And two could put 10,000. We got to work through our differences. We got to work it out. We got to forgive. We got to quit blaming. Our past should be our encouragement. If he did it then, he'll do it again. And I am begging some of you. I'm looking at you today. I'm begging you to let a spirit of Paul come upon you. And say, I don't know what I'm going to go through. I don't know what the next year looks like. I don't know. It may be the best years of my life. It may be the toughest. But I know this. I will finish my course. I will dust myself off. And I may live the next years of my life look like I'm preaching to dead things. But I will preach what the Lord commands me. Come on. I need some people in here right now. As an act of that, just stand up and say, God, I don't feel it, but I will. Come on. I need some people stand up and say, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. I've seen too much. My parents left for me a spiritual inheritance. I know what God can do. Come on. God can do. Not I feel, come on, but I've seen this house in its former glory. I've tasted and seen what God can do. Come on, where's my church people? 
I will lift my hands and say, God, God, thank you for keeping your hand on me. At least raise your hands and say, it's not for me, for my children and my children's children. You've taught your sons how to fish and hunt and your girls how to cook and clean. But Naomi, have you taken off your funeral clothes and told her how to lay at the feet of the altar and say, just wait on it. Just wait on the Lord. Men, have you told them how to be the spiritual headship? See, why is I going to tell you something? Your husband, if he's not saved, quit blaming him. He can't love you because God is love. And he said, men, love your wives like Christ loves the church. 